My name is Mark Anthony. I'm a journalist, author, and most recently a broadcaster specialising in the field of demolition and construction. The story I'm about to tell you has been the subject of rumour and speculation for more than three years now. There is a possibility that it might turn out to be a storm in a teacup, a lot of hot air. But there's also a possibility that this might prove to be the biggest scandal I've covered in my 30-year career. This is the CMA Files. It's a fundamental part of the storytelling process. It's journalism 101. Every story should have a beginning, a middle and an end. Well, this story has a beginning. And it has more middle than it or any story needs. But it currently has no end. In fact, at the time of writing and recording this, we're not 100% sure who the perpetrators are. There's even a question mark over what has actually been perpetrated... It's like an Agatha Christie novel with no dead body, no murder weapon, no suspect, and with investigators neither confirming nor denying that they're actually investigating. Welcome to the tangled web of the CMA files. I remember the beginning of the story, or at least my involvement with the story, with almost crystal clarity. I was at the Baumer Construction Equipment Exhibition in Munich in April in 2019. I'd been at a press conference that had overrun, and as a result I was running late for one of the biggest press conferences of the week, the Caterpillar press conference. While Liebherr looms large over the Baumer exhibition, Caterpillar remains the biggest construction equipment manufacturer in the world. When Caterpillar says jump, you don't ask how high, you just jump. So I was running, literally running to the conference centre in the hope that for the first time ever, Caterpillar itself would be running late and that my tardiness would go unnoticed. And then my phone rang. I am mildly asthmatic, and I'm a bit wheezy at the best of times, but having just run what felt like the length of the Messermunchen Exhibition Centre, I was gasping for air. But the call was from a good friend from within the industry, so I took the call while I was still running. What he told me stopped me in my tracks. According to my friend, investigators from the Competition and Markets Authority, or the CMA as we'll call them from here on, had raided the offices of one or more demolition companies as part of an investigation into alleged collusion in the UK demolition industry. Now to be clear, at this point I didn't even know who or what the CMA was, but the fact that it had raided one or more demolition companies certainly made it sound serious. I ended that call as I burst belatedly through the doors of the Caterpillar press conference and then set about making notes about the new cat machines on one sheet of paper and notes about the CMA investigation on another. To say I was distracted is something of an understatement. When the cat press conference was over, I made my way to the Baumer press office to research exactly who the CMA was and to find out what business it had sticking its nose into the affairs of the demolition industry. We'll get to all of that in another episode. To avoid sharing my apparent scoop with the countless other journalists in the press office, I took myself to a quiet corner of the show and I called the offices of the CMA. 
The response I received was a response that I would hear repeated time and time and time again over the next three years. To paraphrase, We can neither confirm nor deny that we are investigating the demolition industry. I love Balmer. I love Munich, the people, the food and the excitement. And I am well aware of the power of modern telecommunications. Frankly, I wouldn't have a career without it, and you most certainly wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. But at that point, I felt marooned and utterly powerless. There was potentially a massive story breaking, one with the potential to change the very landscape of the industry in which I specialise. And I was stuck hundreds of miles away beside a pretzel cart, trying to figure out who I might call next. I needn't have worried. I received one call that confirmed that at least one raid had taken place. Then I received another, and then another. And while none of them were willing or able to confirm the name of the company or companies that had been raided, there was apparently more than a shred of truth in the rumour. Either that, or the mass ranks of the UK demolition industry had staged a massive hoax, and I was their chosen victim. Still frustrated, I scanned the web pages of the UK trade press in the hope that none of my rivals had beaten me to this potential scoop. None of them had. So I went back to Balmer business, checking my phone during dull bits of press conferences or when I stopped to grab a cup of coffee. For four more days, I was constantly checking my phone and my laptop back at the hotel. And still, nothing. Was there any basis to the rumours? If so, why hadn't the other players in the trade press picked up on it? But what if it was true? Which companies might be involved? What might the alleged collusion actually involve? What would be the outcome if one or more companies was found guilty? Were any of them my friends? Seriously, what... What if any of them actually were my friends? How would I feel about them afterwards? Obviously, my job required me to report on what was a potentially massive news story. But how would my friends feel about me when I did? It's an issue I've thankfully faced only once or twice over my career. In both instances, a person I considered a friend or who I held in high regard was involved indirectly in a fatal accident involving one of their workers. I've interviewed around half a dozen company principals that have experienced a worker fatality over my time as a journalist. Nothing can prepare you for it. Rough, tough men involved in a rough, tough business. Their emotions laid bare. Would I do that to a friend over some alleged collusion? Could I? I didn't know. What I did know was that I was stranded in Munich when I would have preferred to be back in the UK to follow up this breaking news story. I even considered booking an earlier flight home and abandoning my remaining Bauman responsibilities. As it turned out, there was no hurry. This was only the beginning. This was a story that was going nowhere any time soon. In episode 2 of the CMA Files, I return to the UK and find a demolition sector gripped with rumour and speculation. I also discover just who the CMA is, the extent of its powers and the sharpness of its teeth. The CMA Files is a demolition news production. It was written and narrated by Mark Antony. We hope you enjoyed this episode.